The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. One of the services IONS provides its members are monthly accounts of NDEs as written down and provided to IONS by the experiencers themselves. I try to read these experiences as they come out, first because they are fascinating, and second to give everyone interested in NDEs and the afterlife the reminder that IONS is well worth joining. This first report comes from the December um, uh 2010, actually it's the spring of 2010, uh, Vital Signs, which is the quarterly publication that I used to edit. The title of this article is Approaching the Final Threshold of Death, Understanding the Purpose of Life. It's by Melissa Jones, the experiencer. More than three decades have passed since I fell from a horse and found myself moving away from our physical plane toward the indescribable bright light the source of all that is. It was intriguing to realize I was dying. I was without a body, but could observe consciousness no longer in physical form. I was leaving a dense atmosphere, mass, and clouded awareness to move into the light, weightlessness, and clarity. My sense of the physical would begin to fade, and I understood I was crossing a threshold Then I became aware of the light, the source of all that was, is, and ever will be. I was joyful to become one with it. However, I was stopped before I was able to return to the source. It was not my time to go home. I did not want to return to to this physical world. I did not know what to share about my experience and feelings or, or how to do it. Years later, after talking with a Muslim friend, I was able to write about my experience. I explained how my experience provided a perspective on the reason we live in the physical world. My friend said my words reminded him of writings from the prophets, of those seen as messengers charged to remind people of their earthly duties. To help my writing, I developed a heuristic research project that explored the question, what is the experience of reaching the final threshold of death and not being able to cross over? The following terms evolved from that work as I searched my memories. All-being. The all-being is the sum of all matter, energy, and all forms of consciousness that exist or have the potential to exist within the perpetual system that contains and oversees them. Approaching death. A process that starts with leaving the physical form, crosses various thresholds, and ends at the source. Beyond this final threshold is what we humans call death. Once across the final threshold, a being cannot return to the physical body or to the life form it left. The reverse is approaching physical existence, where a point of light coming from the source to a physical plane crosses thresholds to come into a physical form. Home, source, light. They are interchangeable. Home holds all energy and all forms of consciousness not in use on a physical plane or moving between the source and a physical plane. The source provides energy for the life forces of all beings or life forms, and it receives returning energy, which was sent out and any additional energy generated, 
Original Consciousness and Physical Life Memory. Original Consciousness. A different consciousness from what we know on our physical plane. This form is usually not available to a being or life form in a physical body. Original Consciousness accompanies each point of light as it leaves the source, and it shuts down at the veil until the point leaves the physical plane to return to the source. Original consciousness supports any point that is not yet returned into a physical body, that is, approaching physical existence, or that has left a physical body, that is, approaching death. It is a guide, a guide to and from the source, reminding about the function and purpose of the point itself, and information about the perpetual system. Physical life memory. Any memory or of life in a physical body that is retained by a point as it moves away from the physical plane back to the source. Some points retain many and strong physical life memories, while others may only retain few or weak memories. These memories are returned with a point of light into the source. Physical life memory remains intact for a period within the source and then transforms back into pure energy. Point of light, or point. A tiny bit of energy from the source that powers a living being or life form on any physical plane in the all-being. Veil of remembrance and understanding, or veil. The threshold closest to a physical plane. At this threshold, physical life begins for a point coming from its from the source. It is, at the same time, where a being or life form leaving a physical plane becomes aware, again, of its original consciousness. Whole consciousness. The total combination of whole consciousness and physical life memory within the source. As I moved toward the light, I realized I was connected to it, yet still separate. I became aware I was a tiny point of light moving within countless others uh, in an awesome vastness. Many of the points were, like me, going toward the light, returning home. Many were moving away from the light. I understood each point would become a new individual life form on a physical plane somewhere in the all-being, whether ant or elephant on earth or some other form of life humans do not know. Many points flowed serenely on each fine strand which glowed, yet had no mass. Countless strands uh, stretched across the vastness. The simplicity and elegance of the entire system was clear. Each point was the life force of an individual being or life form, and it was comprised of pure energy, unconditional understanding held in multiple forms of consciousness, and one other important element, the drive to experience. The closer I moved to the light, the less I held memory or sensation about an ego self in physical form. The light was indescribably bright, and I longed to reach it. I felt an overwhelming sense of belonging and joy. I began to understand how I had been separated from the light while I had existed on the physical plane. A great sadness came over me as I realized the isolation each point endures for the time it is in the physical form. It became clear that the isolation in our physical bodies is a necessary part of the system. I began to sense I was reaching the final threshold before the source. At this point, I was stopped. There was the merest hint of weight, space, and some faint bit of matter moved 
around me, and then I would no longer see the light. I was achingly disappointed. I awoke sitting up, cradling my left arm across my body. I pulled my left elbow forward, and my arm chunked into its socket. It had been dislocated, and I wondered how I knew what to do. There was no pain. Then I heard my husband calling, and I knew I had to listen to the sense that it helped me with my arm. It told me not to seek medical help and to stay alone and heal myself. I returned in stages to my physical body. The damage from the fall was being repaired, but I did not understand what drove it. I know I knew I needed to accept I had been thrust back for a reason I would likely never comprehend. Whatever I was uh, needed for could happen a week or 50 years after my return. This made me laugh, which was part of my healing. Part of my healing was learning to deal with the grief of having to return to my physical body. I had the experience that original consciousness reappeared to me after I left my body and passed the first threshold toward death. This consciousness served as a guide to remind me about my relationship to the source. It accompanied me across the thresholds where I gradually shed my persona and physical consciousness. Original consciousness helped me understand I contain a tiny bit of the source, which makes me alive. Being reminded, I am convinced to the, I am connected to, sorry, being reminded I am connected to the source in this way helped me to find the strength to remain in this physical world, although there are still times when I long for home. Understand how I am connected to this, understanding how I am connected to the source led to a significant realization. Being in a physical body is not just about isolation from the source. It is also about friction, restriction, and tension. Our bodies, instincts, and minds exist to help create and realize thoughts, feelings, and actions on our physical plane. Our bodies are designed to fully encounter and engage with the existence we call living, whether physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional, tangible or intangible. I learned that all life forms are part of a perpetual system of energy transfer between the source and all physical planes in the all-being. Each point carries a tiny bit, tiny bit of the source as the energy needed to propel itself and through, to and through the veil and live in a physical form for a time. For humans, this veil is the threshold where life starts, coming onto the physical plane from the source and where death is seen to occur for a point leaving the physical plane to go back to the source. I understood the ideal is for each returning point to bring back to the source a little more energy than it takes when it goes out to be in physical form for a time. The point and the physical body together are potential to create and store added energy beyond what the point brought from the source. Ideally, each point will serve as a generator a collector, where living means experiencing deeply and fully and making choices that may serve to create additional energy. The physical body is a place to store the added energy. I sense the system is capable of being in steady state or in growth, depending upon the amounts of added energy returned by the points. Experience has a very particular meaning. One, being willing to touch and feel everything in the physical plane to the fullest extent possible. 
not holding back on any opportunity to experience to the maximum level. Two, loving completely without the need to be known or loved back. Three, being fully open to any possibility, any nuance, any idea that may allow the physical self to feel as much as it is possible to feel in the physical body. The nature of the feeling does not matter, but the full depth and breadth of it does. I learned that all points take back added energy. It was clear that no point loses the energy it starts with. The system does not work in that fashion. However, some points come into physical forms that do not have the capacity to experience in ways that generate added energy. Additional energy coming back to the source makes possible the creation of more points of light. As more points assume physical form, more energy may be generated and brought back. Then more beings or life forms may be created and populations may increase over time. I did not learn whether all populations increase and therefore the energy within the whole system increases or whether the actual amount of energy stays the same while some populations decrease and others increase. Finally, I came to know that each point carries two forms of consciousness. Original consciousness reactivates when a point leaves its physical form and crosses the first threshold returning to the source. It always retains its form. Physical life memory exists for a time and eventually resolves back into pure energy. Because strong physical life memories may remain intact within the source for a time, some of them may be bound up with new points that are being created. The ladle of creation is indiscriminate as it scoops up energy to create a new point. Thus, a new being coming into a physical plane may carry energy that includes consciousness in the form of memory strong enough to be retained by returning points of light. What I have so briefly described here is now a part of the fabric of my life. I will share it to the extent possible, and it will be part of the experience I take home when I return to the source. And there, that uh, account and that understanding of that account ends. And now I'm going to uh, follow up with the, uh, the latest report from um, IONS, the monthly report for December 2018 that gets emailed uh, to all the members. In this account, a young woman has an allergic reaction to a drug she had taken for many years, but which had reached a toxic level in her system. After suffering seizures and being hospitalized, she went into a coma. During her time in the coma, she remembers leaving her body and hanging out in a void where she saw no light but felt a powerful sense of peace and love. She later learned that her identical twin sister visited her during the coma and had a vision of her with light behind her. Her twin also reported that she had communicated that she would be okay. Sure enough, she did wake up, which the doctors considered a miracle, and was eventually able to recover fully. She goes on to share some of her challenges since that experience, uh, the sensitivity, some depression and anxiety, a sense of purpose without certainty as to what it is, medical intuitive abilities eventual, eventually being helped by her guides and the spirit world while always having access to that sense of peace and love. And here's the um, where the story begins. My experience happened more than 20 years ago, but the details remain as though no time has passed. 
My twin identical sister and I were two months premature and as such suffered from severe asthma. I took a medication for my asthma and somehow at age 19, it reached a toxic level in my system. Doctors were not able to identify the reason for it, but the toxicity is the source of my NDE. Here's my story. It was an unusually hot day for June in Minnesota, and I had spent time in the sun before joining a friend for lunch. We went out to a restaurant and ordered our meals when I started to feel sick. I felt feverish. My hands began to tremble, and I felt nauseated. Our food arrived, but my symptoms increased so much that I wasn't able to eat. I asked my friend to take me home, and on the way, we had to pull over because I had to vomit. Having been out in the sun, I thought it might be related. We arrived at my home, and my mom, upon seeing me, called the hospital emergency room for advice. They treated it like heat stroke and instructed my mom to have me take a cool bath, which seemed to help. I was exhausted, so I went to my room to sleep. What happened next is difficult to put into words. I felt as though I was in a timeless place. I felt incredibly peaceful and surrounded by an essence that was beyond love as we know it in human form. Then chaos. I was being taken to the hospital by ambulance. I would learn later that my twin sister uh, was awoken by a gurgling sound coming from me. I was having a seizure. My back was arched, head drawn back, rigid, with mucus coming out of the sides of my mouth, gasping for air. Then I apparently choked on mucus, stopped breathing, and turned bluish-gray. Somehow my sister had the wherewithal to administer the Heimlich maneuver to dislodge the mucus. Upon dislodging the mucus, I inhaled deeply and continued seizing. My sister yelled to my mom, who called 911, and off I went to the hospital. I don't recall much of the seizing, just the next phase of things. Apparently it was difficult to control the seizures. My heart rate and blood pressure were dangerously high, causing me to go into cardiac arrest. I entered back into the timeless, love-filled void. They shocked my heart and obtained a pulse, but my blood pressure and heart rate dropped to dangerously low levels. I slipped into a coma for three and a half days. I was in the cardiac intensive care unit, and I remembered leaving my body. I felt like a light, buoyant ball of energy. I was in the corner of my room looking diagonally down at my body. I recall thinking about how strange my body looked just lying there hooked up to all the machines. It didn't look like me. At one point, my supervisor, I worked at the hospital where I was being cared for, came in to see me. She gasped and covered her mouth at the sight of my lifeless body. I wanted to comfort her, but she couldn't hear me and ran out of the room. I'm not sure what happened next. I just remember being in what I can best describe as that timeless, expansive void. It was as though I was hanging out there. It was incredibly peaceful, and although I didn't see a light, I felt the energy of love, a powerful, amazing sense of peace and love. That image-slash-sensation comes into full view as I type. I didn't want to leave it, and yet somehow I knew I couldn't stay either. I had no sense of time. I learned later that my sister had laid her head on my chest on what would be the last day of the coma. She shared with me that suddenly she saw an image of me in full hospital garb and equipment with bright light behind me. Apparently, I said, don't worry, I'm going to be okay. I have a lot, a lot to tell you. I don't recall communicating with her, but I'm exploring hypnosis to see if I can retrieve more of that of my experience. 
At that point, she sprung up and ran to tell my family that I was going to be okay. I came out of the coma shortly thereafter. Waking up. Because of all the IVs and various lines going into me, I was medically paralyzed, and my hands were restrained at the wrist to prevent me from pulling out equipment, central lines. I recall hearing what I refer to as the echo in my head, meaningless words bouncing around in my head. Quote, Mary Jo, if you can hear and understand me, squeeze my hand, unquote. I could feel my chest rising and falling on its own. I was on a ventilator. I couldn't move my body, and yet somehow I managed to squeeze the hand as requested. I opened my eyes to see a woman crying. I eventually realized it was my mom, but it was a few hours before I would recognize it was her. I was incredibly confused. Balloons and cards surrounded me. The colors, sounds, and smells were overwhelming, as were the emotions of those around me. I didn't understand what was happening, and my body ached terribly. It was surreal. I was discharged after a couple of weeks of speech, physical and occupational therapy. Amazingly, I walked out with no damage to my heart. I was aphasic, but the seizing didn't cause a permanent brain damage. I experienced a full recovery. The toxicity, toxicity of the medication was lethal, sending enzyme levels sky high. And though my muscles were sore, there wasn't any permanent damage to them either. My doctor would later tell me there was uh, no, nothing they could have done to save me, that something intervened, and that was a miracle that I had survived. She said that because of that, I had a purpose in this life. I went home feeling lonely, angry, confused, and unsure of what my mission was or what had happened. However, I did go to the... To, I did go on to study speech pathology, which subsequently led me to my current career as a sign language interpreter. I had a deep desire to serve and help others heal as I had. There wasn't any follow-up, so I mostly kept my experience to myself. Two decades would pass before I would finally tell my story. The sense of peace and love has always stayed with me, but I was so open that I suffered from depression and at times anxiety. I wanted to return to that peaceful place, and yet I also had this deep sense of knowing I needed to fulfill my experience on Earth. I became extremely sensitive. I experienced what I referred to as movies that showed me what people are going through, especially in terms of healing. I learned quickly that telling people what I saw wasn't a good idea. It just upset them, so I kept what I saw to myself. Eventually, I would learn to manage what I was seeing by working with my guides in the spirit world. I remain very sensitive, so much so that if I don't keep it in check, my productivity at work and in life is impacted. I can feel easily drained and tired. My experience has continued to unfold. Meditation, Reiki, and exercise help, as does talking to like-minded spiritual friends. It is as though I'm being shown bits and pieces of what happened and what I need to know to carry out my mission here. I have a deep sense of a mission, just not a clear sense of what it is. Well, I did go on to obtain a master's degree in negotiation, conflict resolution, and peace building. Peace building feels very much in line with my mission, but I'm not sure of exactly what to do. I trust things will continue to unfold, though. And so onward I go. Thank you for the opportunity to share my story 
It is helpful and healing to have a platform to share it on. And that is in part what IONS does for folks, is to offer that platform. Well, tomorrow is Christmas, and I thought I would read a Christmas poem from my old friend, Dr. Dogrel. "'Twas a Night Before Christmas." By Dr. Doggerel. Twas a night before Christmas, and all through the land the bad little children were way out of hand. Mortgage debtors were hung out to dry without care, and stocks were inflated for a ones to ensnare. Politicians were nestled all snug in their beds while lobbyist dollar signs danced in their heads. And Ma with the remote and I and the cat had just addled our brains with more TV claptrap. When up on the roof there arose such loud clatter, I arose from my bed to eavesdrop on the matter. Away to my roof cam, I flew like a flash, tore open my laptop and fired up the cache. The Wi-Fi emitted its soft, moonlight glow, though global warming has ended, had ended the chances of snow. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a fat little man arguing with his reindeer... There's no one deserving, the fat man did say. There's no point in running around in this sleigh. Saint Nick should follow where old, Saint Nick shouldn't follow where old Nick has been rewarding with presents, with presents those hip deep in sin. His eyes, how they blazed up. His anger was hairy. His face turned quite purple. His nose like a cherry. At Rudolph, he pointed a loaded crossbow and the look on his face said, let's just end this show. Since I gave up smoking, I've noticed this grief. This pain can't be covered by some Christmas wreath. The poor grow, just grow poorer. I don't have the belly to stomach the horrors we see on the telly. As I shut off the laptop and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed in faux fur, a conservationist elf, and I sympathized greatly in spite of myself. A whole bunch of stuff he had flung on his back, and he looked like a Walmart's just opening his sack. The tear in his eye and the twist in his, of his head soon gave me to know there was much yet to dread. For suddenly he was a ghost out of Scrooge, saying, I'm not here to paint the world's wounds up with rouge. Oh, Santa, I cried, this can't be the answer. What about R Rudolph and Dancer and Prancer? A nice thought, the ghost said, but that was pretend. The world's in big trouble and nearing its end. I'm not here to frighten. I'm here as a friend. Consider the death and destruction in Haiti. Consider the health of Americans weighty from junk food and sodas and pollution diseases. The greed of the wealthy doing what pleases themselves and them only while others go begging and politicos crumble from lobbyists egging them on to supporting the corporate agenda while the black man and brown man can't even defend a job or a home from the third world incursions, our factories shipped off to some offshore, diver offshore diversions. And then there are wars in various places, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, while the faces of suffering are there in uncountable numbers. Satan's own war machine round, round the world lumbers to kill and to maim, while reporters embedded don't publish the truth since they are indebted to the companies who profit by war's de great decree. You've got to kill now if you want to be free. Oh, Santa, 
I hear you, but what can I do? I buy food for the table, then the mortgage comes due. Putting oil in the tank is the next thing that's pending. I don't see my story having some happy ending. I understand your dilemma, and that too is my problem. Old Santa's become a commercial hobgoblin, a tool of the market to make you go spending, so my story as well has no happy ending. But as the spirit of Christmas, I can bring you the truth. Christmas is not about deer on the roof. The night is for Jesus as he lies in the manger. The shepherds and angels all greet the young Savior with songs filled with wonder and hope and true love, the love that's eternal, God's grace, like a dove, announced Jesus to Mary, the mystery unfolded, and the promise fulfilled so that we might behold it. I'm not worthy, I stated, of that Christmas present. Of course not, said Santa, but that does not end it. The Lord comes to save us, and worthy in all. The height of God's love now does not count how tall or small is your stature, your prestige, or standing. He asks for your love. Is that so demanding from a God who would send his pure child to a cross? Just kneel here and pray now. You'll no longer feel lost, and Santa will join you as we kneel by the manger. Jesus loves us both dearly. He welcomes the stranger. And in this very gesture, the healing took place, for in this newborn child I was seeing God's face. Hold this moment forever. Press it close to your heart. And from Christmas, true Christmas, you never will part. Dr. Doggerel. Well, thanks for listening. If listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org and hit the past shows button. And for information about IANS, just go to that website at iands.org. And be with us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is your host, Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening.